0: Today's story is one of those odd stories that all of a sudden seem to pop up in a narrative of going along, learning about some king or some prophet, and then all of a sudden the story boom, pops up, and you're like, that is an odd story, and how does that relate to the bigger story, and this is a really odd story, but you know what, I think it's those odd stories that are often the ones that are the coolest, because they say something unique and they say something different and they probably point to a reality that you need to be aware of. And yeah, sometimes we as modern day people don't know what to do with this story because it doesn't fit our conception of right and wrong or we're Christians and we understand this and that from the New Testament. Remember, this is the Old Testament This is before Jesus, and this is before many of the things that we see and understand today through the lens of the New Testament, and we try to put it back on the Old Testament, and we shouldn't, right? And many of those unique stories, you're like, wow, how does that fit? I don't get it. Well, this is one of those stories for me that I don't get until I take it in the Old Testament context. What's that old story that I don't get? Well, it involves a lion. It involves a prophet. And it involves lying. See, Jeroboam was starting a bad religion, right? He ultimately was following another god. And he may have feigned following Yahweh, but he wasn't really. Yahweh had laid out specifically, this is how you worship me. He laid it out in the Torah. The people knew it. He laid it out in the commandments of the law, and the people knew it. And even during Jeroboam's reign, people would stream from northern Israel down to southern Israel to worship at the tabernacle, to worship Yahweh in the true way. And many people rejected Jeroboam's new religion. But many people accepted it as well. And here in 1 Kings chapter 13, Jeroboam is sacrificing at the altar that he's built in Bethel to another god. And he's worshiping in his way and he thinks he's doing great. Well, in walks a man of God from Judah. That's all we know. He was a man of God from the southern part of Israel called Judah. And this man of God, of course, was still worshiping the one true God, Yahweh. And he comes with a prophecy against Jeroboam given to him by the one, the only true God, Yahweh. Yahweh comes to Jeroboam and through this man of God delivers an amazing prophecy. He says, first of all, that this altar and all you're worshiping here is going to be destroyed. And then he says, it's going to be destroyed by a man named Josiah. And this Josiah... It says in 1 Kings 13, You shall sacrifice on this altar the priests of the high places who make offering on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. He's giving a prophecy against the altar. He's saying, you altar, you're going to be destroyed by Josiah. And in fact, the bones of the prophets that worship this false god is going to be burned on you, Altar. And he's going to destroy your priests. And then he says, this is going to be the sign that this altar that you're worshiping on right now is going to be split in two or torn apart. And the ashes are going to be poured out on the ground. That is what is going to happen. Now, he names Josiah. Josiah. And the amazing thing about that is that Josiah, as a king doesn't show up for another 290 years. Think about that. This prophet, this man of God, is prophesying saying a king named Josiah, who will not show up for another 290 years, is going to destroy this altar and your religion, Jeroboam. And then he says, the sign that this prophecy is going to come true is right now. This altar will be torn apart, will be split. And all of a sudden, I don't know how it looks. Maybe it's just flash of lightning, altar split. Maybe all the nails come out of the altar, split. Maybe, because it's probably built out of clay and rock and that sort of thing, the rock just splits. Well, Jeroboam is mad, and he, it says, holds out his hand, and he says, seize him, seize this man of God, take him, he's holding out his hand, he's stretching it out, seize him. Well, the guards run to seize him, and they grab him, and Jeroboam, oh, he all of a sudden gets an itch on his nose, and he pulls in his hand to itch it, and, uh, can't pull in his hand to itch his nose because his hand that he stretched out against this man of god is just withered and dried up and is hard and stiff and he cannot move it he's good with the other hand but this hand bonk bonk it's just sticking straight out you know he can't pull it back it's withered And Jeroboam falls to his knees and he cries out, please, oh man of God, who he just arrested, right? Man of God, please call to, and this is interesting, he says, call to your God. Call to the Lord your God. Just a couple months earlier, Jeroboam was calling Yahweh his God. But now he says, hey, man of God, call to your God, please, and have him heal my hand. Please have him heal my hand. So the man of God comes over to him. and He calls upon Yahweh. And Yahweh heals his hand. He's able to pull it to his body. and His hand is no longer withered. And Jeroboam's like, thank you. Thank you. Now, again, why that doesn't draw him right back to Yahweh? Why is Yahweh so gracious? We have a God who is beyond comprehension. But we have a God who is kind and loving. He shows grace to Jeroboam. But Jeroboam totally ignores it. Instead, Jeroboam says, oh, thank you. Oh, prophet, come to my house. Please come to my house today and and I'll feed you and we'll party and we'll celebrate. And it's important here. The man of God says, no, I will not go with you. Because it's been commanded to me by the word of Yahweh that I should not go to your house to eat bread or drink water with you. I I shall not do any of that. That is the command of the Lord. Instead, I shall return. So the prophet turns around, leaves the destroyed altar, And the healed and restored Jeroboam starts to head south. He delivered his prophecy. There is going to come a king, Josiah, 290 years in the future. That prophecy comes true. But the sign that that prophecy is going to happen is, boom, this altar is split. And the ashes are poured out. And this nameless man of God heads home. Well, there was another prophet, this old prophet, and he was living in Bethel in northern Israel. And he is a prophet of Yahweh. And he hears about this young prophet who just did this miraculous thing at the altar of their new religion to this other god, Now why this old prophet is there, is this old prophet caught up in the apostasy that Jeroboam is all about? Well, it sort of seems like it because the old prophet finds out about it because his sons come to him. Now his sons were probably prophets too, and they were probably worshiping with Jeroboam there at the altar at this made-up religion. And they come and tell their dad that, hey, This young prophet just did such and such. Well, this old prophet... Again, this is where the story gets confusing because this old prophet gets mad and he does something evil. He sends one of his sons to go after this young prophet and one of his sons finds this young man of God sitting under an oak, probably on his way home. Taking his sandwich there, you know, good old peanut butter and jelly sandwich, taking a break. Because it's hard time riding a donkey all the way back and forth. The old prophet's sons find him and they say, Hey, come home with us and eat bread come home with us. My dad, the old prophet, really wants to talk with you. What's happening in the prophet world? What's what's the new ideas? What's the new things? Like an old carpenter wants to talk to a new carpenter. An old plumber wants to talk to a new plumber. Hey, what's the new ideas? What's happening? And the new prophet says to the old prophet's sons, I can't come because I was told to make this prophecy and then to go home and not to stop to eat or to drink with anyone well this is where the story gets confusing because the old prophet basically instructed his sons to lie to this new prophet and he says to his sons if he says he can't come say well i am a prophet of yahweh an angel that he sent spoke to me saying Bring him back with you that he may eat bread and drink water. Come on. No, what you heard from the word of the Lord was wrong. I had an angel from Yahweh come talk to me saying you should come back and eat bread and drink water with me. Well, the young prophet sits there and thinks, God told me not to go back. But then this guy says he had an angel. That's impressive. From Yahweh. You know, I am sort of tired and sick of this peanut butter and jelly sandwich I'm eating here. I don't know. And he's an old prophet. He knows better. All right, yeah, I'll come. Yep, yep, I'll come. And he saddles his donkey and he heads back and he eats with the old prophet. Telling him about the new ways and sharing stories. Well, as they're eating at the old prophet's house. The word of Yahweh comes to the old prophet. He was a prophet of Yahweh. I think he was apostatizing, which is a big word for starting to follow other gods. I think this was a bad man, but the word of the Lord came to him. And this old prophet gets a word of the Lord while he's celebrating with this new prophet. And this old prophet turns and says, Because you disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept my command, which I commanded you, I told you not to go back to eat. I told you to come straight home. But because you've done this, your body shall not come to the tombs of your fathers. You can imagine the man of God drops his roasted lamb, plunk clatters on the platter. I wonder if he just silently stands up, took a drink, <sniffs> one last drink, gets on his donkey and leaves. And this new prophet is riding home, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, rah-hah! A lion leaps forth, probably grabs onto the back of the donkey. Arr, 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 the donkey, he's on. Hee-haw, hee-haw. Well, he doesn't actually kill the donkey. He grabs the donkey and maybe pulls the donkey down. And But the lion then pounces on the young prophet and arr, mauls him to death. And the lion just stands there looking at the body of the new prophet. And then the donkey just stood there by the prophet. And the body of the prophet's in the middle of the road. And the donkey is standing by the body of the prophet. And then the lion doesn't completely devour the man or the donkey. But the lion is also pacing back and forth and standing by the body of this new prophet. Well... Eventually, somebody comes down the road and they start to go down the road and they see a, a donkey and standing there and they say, Oh, a lion. And then, What is that? Dead body, and oh well, can't go any further. And so they turn back and they meet other people on the road. Hey, hey, wait, you better not go down there. There's a donkey and a lion pacing back and forth, and a dead man in the middle of the road. What? So they call 911, they get the police out there, they get the firemen out there, they get the ambulance, and they see this lion and this donkey standing by this dead prophet's body. So the news began to spread. It's the man of God. It's that young man of God. It's that young man of God. And eventually the word gets all the way back to who? The old prophet. Well, the old prophet, when he hears of it, he knows what it is. It's his prophecy come true. And the old prophet says, it is the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord. Therefore, Yahweh's given him to the lion. And I told him that. So it says that his sons eventually go and get the body that was just laying there in the middle of the road the body that the lion hadn't eaten and they took it back to their father and to the city and there they did some mourning rituals and some burial rituals and they laid the body in his own grave buried in northern israel far from the tomb of his father in southern israel just like the prophet had prophesied and then the old prophet turns to his sons and says hey When I die, please lay my bones beside his bones. Bury me right here. Because what that new prophet prophesied, it's going to come to pass. This religion that Jeroboam started, it's going to fail. And that altar in Bethel is going to be torn down and all the high places, they're going to be destroyed. It's going to come to pass. And it says that Jeroboam continued in his evil way. I mean, that's literally what it says. Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way, but made priests for the high places again from among all the people. Any who would, he ordained to the priests of the high places And this became a sin. Jeroboam was given a chance to repent. Jeroboam was given a chance to stop and to say, hey, you're right, this miracle of the torn altar is a sign that this guy named Josiah, 290 years from now, though he doesn't know the time, is going to come and destroy all this. Jeroboam was given this chance. He was given a sign. He could have repented. But instead, Jeroboam did not change his evil ways. Just kept on doing it. He even saw that his hand was withered right there from God. He saw the power and the majesty and the judgment of Yahweh, and Jeroboam just continued on in his evil, evil ways. And this is where it gets confusing, because Jeroboam is the bad guy here, right? The old prophet is the bad guy here. The new prophet is the one who came and told him the prophecy from Yahweh. But here, the old prophet, he gets away with it, right? It seems. And the old prophet got the new prophet to fail because he lied to him. How does this fit in the flow of the story how does this make sense of the god we know i think it makes sense in this way this story demonstrates this one truth listen to the voice of god and live listen to the voice of people and die I mean, that's what one author wrote, and I'm borrowing from him directly, because I think it's a great way to say it. Listen to the voice of God and live. Listen to the voice of people and die. That's what happened here. When that new prophet listened to Yahweh and obeyed him completely, he listened to the voice of God and he lived. If he had continued to do that, things would have been great. But the story illustrates he listened to the voice of man and yes this man said i heard from yahweh in fact i had an angel come and tell me that is true and this is true you've got to listen to me listen to me and the young man this new prophet he should have said unless it's from god himself how do i know this man isn't lying how do i know he hasn't made up this whole story I listen to this prophet who says he's speaking for God, but unless I hear from God directly, I need to listen to the voice of God and live. And he should have rejected him, but instead, he listened to the voice of this prophet. He didn't check it with God, he didn't run it through God. No, he just listened to man and he died. And Jeroboam, remember last week, we started to see Jeroboam pursue other gods. We started to see Jeroboam build this other religion, these false idols. Well, Jeroboam, if you listen to the voice of God, you're going to live. But if you're going to listen to the voice of people, you are going to die. And Jeroboam was listening to the northern Israelites, The people of those tribes who say, we want things done our way. We want a little bit of this religion and a little bit of that religion. Please, let's put them all together. And he was listening to himself and his counselors. He was not listening to the voice of God. And all the way back from Genesis to Exodus to Leviticus to Numbers to Deuteronomy, all part of the Torah, which Jeroboam would have known about, That's the basic idea, right? Follow God and be blessed and have blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Follow me and live, Moses says, before you go into the land. You will live if you follow my words. That's what God tells his people through Moses. Follow my words and you will be blessed. Reject them, go after gods, and you will be cursed. And this story exemplifies that very point. Are you going to listen to the voice of the Lord and live? Or are you going to listen to the voice of people and die? Even when, like this new prophet, he's trying to do the right thing, right? But at the crucial moment, he stops listening to Yahweh and just gives in and starts listening to men. He should have stopped and asked, Yahweh, is this what you want? Why didn't he ask Yahweh? Yahweh was speaking to him directly. Why didn't he ask him? And I hope today that you're running everything that people tell you through your biblical worldview lens. Through scripture. Is this truly from the Lord? Because as a Christian, you want to listen to the voice of Jesus and live. You want to listen to his word. You want to, he's given you a Bible, Genesis through Revelation, and we can decide and discern is this good, is this bad by taking it to scripture and not just listening to the voice of men because people say a lot of things that aren't true. And it sounds good and it sounds spiritual until you take it to scripture until you take it to the Lord and pray over it and ask, is this true? I would encourage you, before you make these decisions, pray about it, and then take it to the lens of Scripture. Does the Bible have anything to say about this thing you're about to do? Listen to the voice of the Lord.